Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Uh, welcome to the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial. I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. Hi, I'm Bill, and each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the 12-step programs that assists recovery from drugs, alcohol, gambling and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery story and highlight that shared experience saves lives. Today, our guest is a compulsive gambler, who is recovering with the help of Gamblers Anonymous. Uh, so I'd like to welcome Ram to the show. Hi, Ram. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, Bill. Ram, yeah, you first came on the show in January 2020, uh, so I'm glad to have you back. And this time we're going to be talking a bit more about, you know, your recovery since then and also about how COVID's affected your life and your recovery and to discuss some stuff about electronic gambling. So do you want to give us a quick backstory on your, you know, about how you got into gambling? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my parents are compulsive gamblers and, yeah, so am I. I never really wanted to be like them, but I used to run a milk bar with them. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just had a lot of time because working seven days a week and um, just there was a lot of time to buy. Well, just there was a lot of free time. So I would, yeah, try to invest in stocks because, yeah, I just thought it was a good thing to invest. But, it ended up being gambling. I was too slow for me. So I started investing in currency and then it just, yeah, it just went on from there to races, to the races, um, then to, to the machines, the slots. Yeah, a lot of people don't consider share trading as gambling, but it, it really is, and particularly if you're doing it short term. Yeah. And as you said, it's, it's about gamblers like the buzz so what is it about that point in time when you're doing the doing the trade or having a gamble what's what is it about the gambling oh like the trade and the gambling um you always want to or everyone always wants to win but when you're looking at the how do i say the 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 graph list of your your stocks um you always want them to be positive and when you see that you're you know you're achieving something like you're you're winning and it gives you a high and but when it's low you just want to try to change something about that like what are you doing wrong and then you try to fix it and yeah that's when gambling happens like for me it was like yeah I just um I started just gambling without I started just um buying stocks and contracts and stuff like just because I just wanted the, the action just to get my all my numbers turning green, like the positive, yeah. Okay. So you said you transitioned through currency. So what was that like? Was that more more adrenaline-inducing? Yeah, it really was. Like it was um, very frustrating because <laughs> um, it jumps way faster than normal stocks, um, how they move. Um, but, yeah, it was um, it's really fast. And sometimes it could just move from zero to a hundred or to a thousand, just like a blink of an eye. Like, but you just got to know 
the times, but I didn't really know the times. I just went in there just just for guess when is it going to go, just praying like how, how everyone would pray on the slots to just win. That's what I was pretty much doing to the screen, like just praying, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you said then you progressed to uh, racing. I guess it was horse racing, was it? Yeah, horse, dogs, anything that, yeah, and sports as well, like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't really get that much into it, but the dogs were were my thing. I don't know. My friend encouraged me to just try so try it because he was just saying how much she was winning at the time. So I gave it a shot, and yeah, my first one was just I just got lucky, and I thought I could do this all the time. And yeah, yeah, it's very common getting lucky early, and I guess that's something in in gambling that people particularly in and, um, poker machines use that this small return to keep you going and i guess the other thing with the dogs is you know unlike the horses it's fewer fewer competitors so there's more likely you're more likely to chance a win in real terms yeah that's true oh, to me it was all the same really it was just all the same to me i just had to i needed that action and then i tried it in sports but Soccer was sometimes I wouldn't even score, and it's just like, what the hell? Like, yeah, very frustrating. But yeah, I'm glad that that, that life is over, though. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you said you ended up finally with with uh, poker machines. Yes. So what was it about them that particularly got you? Oh, it's just the lights, the sound, like because you were there. And you weren't waiting around for a, a result. You were actually, it was happening then and there, the results. And it would be flashing lights, you know, a, a tune will come on that will just play while you, you got your spins, your features. And, like, it was exciting. Like, straight up, it was very exciting when, yeah, I got onto online slots as well. And that was just like, oh, I didn't even have to go out. I just had to stay in my room and just, yeah, it was it was, it was very, yeah, there was no effort in me just actually working or making my way to the destination to do it. So it was just at home, just like the dogs, like, yeah, betting on dogs and stuff. Yeah. So did your parents notice that you were gambling? Not at the time when I was working with them. Um, they knew I would gamble at the big house or the casino, but um, they I wouldn't do it really much there, but I would be when I was with them. Yeah, they they thought I was just a just just a normal gambler, like just that would just play here and there. But they didn't know how serious I was into it. Like, yeah, yeah. So were they problem gamblers? Growing up with them, I realized now that there was times when it was tough, and times when yeah, it's just like why don't all the kids have something when I don't and yeah, or just, I couldn't go on excursions and stuff, but I, I realize that now. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was pretty tough, but it just, I, I never realized just you keep growing up. But now that I'm a compulsive gambler and like, I see things like I realize things now, like it's, um, yeah, it's just, it is what it is now, but like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was the trigger that got you, to seek help oh i would i was just like uh, for three years in my like eight eight to nine year binge i would 
for three years, I tried to stop myself, like willpower, using willpower alone. The highest I probably got was three months, but I couldn't, I couldn't, like it, things would really trigger me, poker games, like at friends, friends' homes. I would, yeah, or they would just come back from the races and, yeah, they they'll they'll say they'll they'll brag about their winnings and it's just like oh my god like it was so hard to just like to rest that urge that I was having but it I just had to break out like I had to break I just had to get my own action and yeah going back was just going back to gambling was wrong a wrong move I just pretty much lost everything that I made within that three months but yeah, it's just why, why I had to go back because I was just over. There, there came a point in the month, a whole month, like every week I would cry, cry to myself pretty much and just say, say to myself, why can't I stop? It was like, yeah, I really hit rock bottom when I, when I really needed help. Like I had, I had to take responsibility because my brothers moved out of home and I was the only person that was with my parents. So I, I needed to take responsibility and look after them and, yeah, stop gambling and just get my get get everything together. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, did your brother know you were gambling? Yeah, my brother. My brother knew. Oh, he knew when I was trying to stop because I didn't. I didn't. I, I admitted to people that I had a gambling problem, but no one knew that GA existed. I I didn't even know GA existed. But yeah, both of them knew. Yep. Yeah. So, how did you find out about GA then? Oh yeah, one of those nights. I remember it was a Monday night. I yeah, I was just in the backyard, just looking at the sky and just over my life, like really over it. And just I don't know. I was just on my phone and just I really I just I never thought of, to just write in Google just like um how to stop gambling. <laughs> like I just yeah I just never did. And yeah, I did. And I just saw GA. There's there's like a group a meeting that happens every day and yeah I, Monday I called them like I, I sent them a text saying um yeah I need help and then yeah they told me to hit, hit up a Monday meeting but I didn't make it to that then Wednesday came and I I messaged them again and then they told me to go to a Wednesday but Friday was probably the day I yeah because I was still gambling I just yeah, I thought to myself that was the last day, so I went to yeah Friday night Cheltenham's Cheltenham GA meeting. So, what was it like to talk to gamblers? You know, to to sort of be with other gamblers who weren't gambling. Oh, <laughs> it was, it it was um, I, when I got there, I, like I was told that it would change my life, and me like, I I couldn't even get myself together. I was a bit, I was a bit on on some alcohol and some other substance, but yeah, I was, it was hard to get myself there. But once I got there, um, yeah, someone told me that it would change my life. And when I got inside, they were telling me that this is my story. This book is my story and it's your story too. And when I, when we started going through it, it was like my story, like it sounded like my story. And when I spoke to people afterwards, they got my number down and yeah, they just, they used the right words to actually make me feel comfort that they, that they do understand me and they, they know what I'm going through. They're telling me to take it easy on myself and take it one day at a time. Don't think too much. 
about your problem you're in and don't think about my future. Like just think about that one day that I'm in. Yeah. So was it any help understanding that it wasn't a a moral problem, that it was a effectively the way your brain is wired? Did that help you to understand that you weren't a bad person? Yes. Yeah. I I really thought I was a horrible person. But then in the end, I just I always felt sorry for myself. So I don't know that me feeling sorry for myself, I knew I was a good person. I just did a load of terrible things to myself and to others, my family especially. But yeah, I just I, I kept thinking I always kept at the back of my mind the old me, like before gambling and drugs came into my life like I was yeah I was a nice person I was always wanting to help everyone but yeah I learned a lot from actually yeah stopping about help helping people but yeah yeah it was a big smack in my face like yeah about that yeah so did you continue with GA from that day or did you have a break I actually I, I actually relapsed the following day, but the next Friday came and um, a member from there who I for, totally forgot I gave my number, um, he called me up and that was like the first time ever that someone actually wanted to help me with gambling, calling me up saying, are you coming to the meeting? Like, it's going to help you. Like, you have, we haven't seen you for like, yeah, I think it was two weeks, yeah, and they haven't seen me last week and yeah, I just, it was a relief that actually someone wanted to help me because I was thinking like, shit, what do I do? Should I go or should I not go? Or should I try it again, gambling? But I knew, I just, it was a bit, yeah. But, but luckily they called me like hours before it, it was on. Yeah, I, it felt good that someone wanted me there, like to help me. Yeah, it was a real relief that someone that, that member called me up, yep. Yeah. So did you feel difficult going to a meeting having gambled or not? Yes, I actually did feel, but I actually felt guilty, but because, yeah, like, I don't know, because I'm going, I, I, went, I went to a place where people were trying to stop and help each other and I just go and wreck it. Being a new member there, I didn't know what to expect, what they would think, what if they would judge or not, but no, no one... No one judged. They, they didn't. They, they just said it's all right. It's great that, to see you here. Like, yeah, that's what they said. And then I knew I was in the right place. Like, like everyone was smiling at me, like happy to see me. Like, I don't know if I went to my friend's house and I told them that yeah, I busted. They who I did gamble with, they wouldn't even care. Like, they, 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 yeah, they wouldn't even care. And it's funny, like. I don't even have much friends now ever since I've stopped. Like, yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like, you know, did you have to split from your previous friends who were gamblers? I didn't. I Well, yeah, yeah, I did actually. When, yes, I I told them what my problem was, that I have a problem with gambling. And there was times where they knew I had a problem when I would, I didn't want to go in there and I would just keep asking me to go and I'll go there. I'll, I'll just gamble everything that I would make that day. And then I would just crack it, make it, well, I would make a scene with them outside the, the, the venue. And yeah, they knew I had a problem, but they just, 
they just didn't care. They just wanted someone to gamble with. And but I don't speak to those people now. They, they we just drifted apart. Like I'd say, probably one person out of all those people who I did gamble with, probably the most of, I could only have a normal conversation with them because they're on a path of recovery as well. And it's good that friend's still around because it's, yeah, it's, she's a great person. Yeah. She's, she's on her own path of recovery. So yeah, we're, we're in the same boat, but different bucket. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, listen, we might take a short break there. Accent women. It seems so obvious to me that if you live in a, in a completely violent um, cultural milieu, that it's going to translate into every aspect of women's lives. Accent women. What's a border? They don't see it like a big wall right along the How the can country. people live ordinary lives when they're living in such an extraordinary situation where there are, two, where there are armies there and terrorists there and such conflict every single day of their lives? Accent women. A show by and about women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. Every Monday from 11am on Community Radio 3CR. This is the Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. If you're interested in listening to one of our many podcasts, then either head to your preferred podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, or just Google 3CR Living Free. On our show's webpage, you'll also find details about the Living Free Show and how to contact us. Today I'm talking with Ram, and we're talking about compulsive gambling and how Gamblers Anonymous helps compulsive gamblers. So, Ram, You've been in GA for how long now? Oh, 563 days. Okay, 563 days. That takes us through the entire 2020. So would you like to tell us a bit about how, you know, you, you had some recovery in 2019 and then COVID struck in, I think it was March 2020, and everybody went to online meetings and stuff like that. So how did that affect your GA experience and um, your life in general? Oh, I, I say it was a blessing in a way, but like I knew I had my, my real problem was online gambling. But I like it, it was a blessing because I, I, I learned, I picked up some tools from G- Gamblers Anonymous and I used that through like, but. I don't know, some urges would kick in and then once, because I'd never ever holded my money within my 90 days and then I started controlling my own money and, yeah, COVID hit and, yeah, the urges were, some some of it was tough, but I just knew I had to get, like, in the um, Gamblers Anonymous book, they tell you to get involved and be of service and thank God I, like, started, I, I like, I started being the RSO before it all happened. So I was keeping in touch a lot with um, a lot of members. And yeah, I ended up started chairing for Friday night meetings on Zoom. So yeah, getting involved to being service, like it was, it was a blessing and yeah, it was just, yeah, I can't like, I know a lot of people out there were just, they they probably had it tougher, but it's just, yeah, online. I think it's online because you had nowhere to go. You had no nothing to do. So, yeah, you'd gamble. And so many times a thought came to my mind that I can't work. 
I got fired, like, well, I got let go and it's like, what do I do? So I just had to really keep myself busy at those tough times. Like, yeah. So what was it like then to, to lose your job in COVID? How'd that affect you? Yeah, that, it, like, thank God for sending link helped me, but like working, like, you know, living with my parents, yeah, it, it affected me because it was my first job that I got since I, I like started arresting gambling and stopped gambling for my, and like that was keeping me busy and I was I, I worked I worked really hard at it and I, I made a good impression that yeah I'm like you know you can't I don't want to really go I'm, I'm a good asset for the, the work and I was the last one out of the casuals to let go but um they I still keep in touch with them but it's yeah it was it was tough I just I had I, I did have a goal well I just still do have a goal to fix up this house to my home right now, my parents' home to make it a happy home. So I just kept busy at renovating, planning, and just, yeah, just trying to make like a, something out of nothing with all these materials that I've hoarded since I was gambling. So, yeah, I just kept busy at it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're trying to get another job now and is it is it easy? Have you done it? No, I've, I've looked, but, yeah, I just... um. I'm just because now I'm in the middle of um, renovating. I'm just just want to get this completed. But yeah, I probably I would. Start, I've been looking, but just I don't know. I think I feel like I need to study study a bit more. Probably heading towards nutrition at the moment. But yeah. Okay. So, how do you think the online meetings went with you know, older members and, and new members, do you, how well do you think it's served as a replacement for um, face-to-face meetings? Oh, replacement? Yeah, it was the old members. I realised that, yeah, they, they, they're they not the greatest with technology. So everyone, or a lot of members needed, like had to help them, like me being one of them. But like, yeah, we're all, the community of Gamblers Anonymous, we were all together. We all actually got together and helped like the numbers of members on the meetings were pretty large and it was um not just in Australia like a lot of members from the UK America they started joining the zoom meetings that we were doing in Melbourne and it was just like so many stories like so many people around the world like I used to talk to another member about it like um this is like the time to actually you know, hear it from all around the world. And we were just really excited because, yeah, just hearing stories from different countries and, like, you, you never get that experience ever in, like, you know, just the room meeting. So it was it was something special in there that was going on. Like, yeah, everyone seemed to enjoy it a lot, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's even it, it's impacted um, our show, um, given that we've been able to... We've done recordings with people in, in Tassie in New South Wales and also people in the US and the UK. Um, so it's been it's been good, uh, and New Zealand. Um, so it's been good in a way of increasing the number of people who can come on the show in real time. So it does bring people together. It's just if people accept it as a medium in real terms. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so did you find that new people were felt comfortable going to a GA meeting online? Yes, I. some did and some didn't. I don't know what it was. I think they were just camera shy or they were just, they, they weren't, 
they weren't they didn't I don't know but surprisingly like there was those new members who just can't get enough of it like yeah they just can't get enough of it they just love it but then there's members who are just shy but they I think they just need to hear what they needed to hear and that's it yeah yeah well meetings aren't for everybody I'm saying 12-step fellowships I think you know from my experience in in one of them that the number of people who come to a meeting and the number of people who stay there's a lot of people who come but there's very few who stay and you don't know whether it's because they go to other meetings or not but it just you know if if all the people who came stayed we'd be you know we'd have to <laughs> have to have huge huge venues to keep them all yeah yeah so did it help the newcomers as much as you could because part of the face-to-face is you know forming a relationship with a person and and you know talking to them afterwards and that's quite difficult in a zoom meeting to talk to people after the meeting yeah it, it was but then there was a part where there was like a chat a chat box where you can actually just say private message the person individual and yeah like so a few a few members like who were new members they have private messaged me and well, I'll message them after their share and just say sorry to hear, man. If you need you need any, need any help, just I'll pass on my number because of just how I felt. Like, yeah, because their share would probably I'll, it will remind me of me. And yeah, I just thought I'll just reach out. That's I, I guess that's how like a lot of people have reached out through the chat the chat box in Zoom. And yeah, it's yeah, I've got like I've met a lot of members actually just from that chat box. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is really good. Some people are a bit reticent in providing their own details, but are often happy to have your contact details uh, if they need you. Yeah. So, have any of the GA meetings gone back face to face that you've been to? Yep, I've been to um, Karen, Dan, Dan Dandenong. Yep, they're, they're all back on. They're all coming back on slowly. Yep. Okay. So some people talk about having hybrid meetings where including Zoom as part of the normal meeting. Have you seen that anywhere in GA? I've been to that in Liverpool in Sydney, but I haven't we had we don't have it here in Melbourne yet. Yep. Okay. So how do you think that worked? Was that useful? Yeah, that was useful, but it, it it's it's I find it a bit it's useful because it's um you're in the meeting, but I don't know. I went to a couple and I felt a bit strange because there are a lot of people there, but it's like, I don't know. It's just, I, well, me personally, I find it was hard to just balance, like, but it works. Like it really worked, but I don't know. I just found it weird at, at first, but yeah, it, they, everyone's still got it going. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's the main thing that, you know, as long as it serves the the purpose in real terms, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, oh, well, more about COVID. So how do you think your recovery has gone, you know, if you consider the impact of COVID? Do you think you're, you're in a better place or a worse place based on the meetings, you know, that how GA has been able to help you through that period? Oh, like I actually, I, I went, I started doing more private groups as well, just, just, just a group of friends like um we started just doing the 12 steps because 12 steps meetings went on so there were just only zoom id meetings and yeah like 
that yeah all the members were just like yeah happy to actually just get together and just do a 12 step just just ourselves and just yeah it uh, i don't know just recently i've i've realized something that yeah it was something hard that that was on my mind that i couldn't share about it in the zoom meetings because of my parents and i needed to share about them so now that face-to-face meetings are back on i'll just yeah I've been venting out on that, but it really, it helped me a lot because I, I all, I picked this all up because of the 12 steps, 12 steps I was doing, hitting, you know, the meeting of just one step and focusing on that step. And like, it's my third run, like, yeah, my fourth run now, and I'm just starting at one again. And yeah, it's just mind blowing, like emotionally and yeah. Yeah, it, it is good going through the steps multiple times. We, um, in a group that I attend, they do a step on the first meeting of the month and just have a, an entire meeting on the step. And, it, it, yeah, you do get a lot out of it. But, yeah, you go through it. If you, The longer you're in a fellowship, the, the more often you go, go through and discuss and hear other people's views about a step and it really helps understanding and, you know, get different viewpoints. And, it, yeah, it's really good. I find it great. So the other thing we we're going to talk about was electronic gambling. So you said earlier that the difference between electronic gambling and going to a venue was the fact that you could do it anywhere, anytime in real terms. So, you know, what was your preferred means of electronic gambling when you were gambling? Oh, just online casinos. Like my, my last and my probably the best at that time was probably online casinos i don't know i went through a phase where you I, I signed up to so many which i really regret now because i'm getting emails from them the vip people who are just sending me things like but i've i've blocked them but they just keep coming casinos i haven't even heard yet but yeah it it's really tough like like yeah just you can do it anywhere i remember i was, did it in the movies one time i did like in the cinemas i've done it while driving yeah but probably the the worst is when i could just wake up and just do it like just just start spinning and they they treat you well on there because you get bonuses and they happen weekly sometimes monthly they'll give you or on your birthday and the more you sign up to the more bonuses you get so the more they you're glued to it and yeah it's just like even if you can't afford to do it, you can just jump on another casino and then they've got bonuses for you. So you can, and then if you've ran out of those, just jump onto another one. And there's a chance where you can just, it's its pretty much, it's just free money that they're giving you. But I know they know that we're just going to lose that money <laughs> and just put in more somehow. Like. Yeah, so what what sort of level is the um, is the free money? I've heard I've heard some pretty large amounts, but what what's your experience? Oh, I've gotten like two hundred from a couple of casinos where I've just stuck at, and yeah, when they don't see me in action for like a month, they'll just give me like a hundred, and it's just like okay, that's that's cool. Yeah, that that that's the worst thing I think. Like yeah, that really that really like triggers me. My urges just want more once. They give me a taste of it. Oh God, it was just, it was uncontrollable when, when you want to stop because it's just like here's a piece of candy and, 
it's like okay uh, I'll go get some more candy now you know like you know like it was just crazy like yeah even though you know you're gonna you're just gonna spend it and spend some of your money you're still it's still attractive to you yeah very attractive and when you've got a group of friends who are actually doing exactly the same you go visit them they're just they're just sitting on the couch going through their list of casinos getting their free spins and stuff and it's just like what are you doing all oh, right yeah they you can hear what they're doing either or they just get excited and just be like oh you know they, they've hit something they've hit a feature and it's just like okay i'm gonna give this a shot like why not and yeah you just get drawn to it like oh remembering it now it's just frustrating <laughs> yeah yeah okay awesome we might take another short break there from every corner of the land womankind arise women on the line a current affairs program devoted to women's voices covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs militantly never you fear erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security we do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life women on the line tune in on mondays at 8 30 a.m and wednesdays at 6 a.m on 3cr community radio 855 a.m and streaming live at 3cr.org.au Uh, this is the Living Free Show on 3CR, on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. I'm talking with Ram and we're talking about compulsive gambling and recovery through Gamblers Anonymous. So Ram, your parents were gamblers, probably compulsive gamblers, and you are now a gambler who's recovering. So have you been able to help them in their recovery? Yeah, I've... Oh, it's really been a bit up and down, but I do realize like when I first stopped within probably like my 100 or around 200, I realized that, yeah, um, I shouldn't be so hard on them because they've stopped as well. And yeah, they've stopped because they've, I've, they've seen what it's done to me and like, I've lost everything. I lost my girl. I lost, yeah, I lost my respect for my brothers, my family, my my other family and just everyone my friends everyone saw me as a different way but my parents yeah they they realize what what gambling has done done to them and done to me and yeah they just they stopped it as well once they saw what it what effect it had on me yeah so you know my dad was an alcoholic and growing up as a child of an alcoholic i found that i was deeply resentful of him and his actions so did you feel resentful to your parents? Yes, I did. Yep. I just, because, yeah, I used to work with them as well. And I I used to resent them because they, I knew they would gamble my money at times. Um, but it was just like just till recently, like not, not so long ago, probably like maybe a fortnight ago, I realized that how I'm recovering and they're really in the same boat as me, but they're just not attending meetings. And 
just before before that, so I'll get I'll get these moments when my recovery through the COVID time, like because I have to be home with them. Like I would just there was days where I just couldn't look at them. I couldn't. I didn't want to speak to them because of what I feel like that that they've done to me. But they're really just going through the same thing that I am really going through, and it was just so. Like I've I've realized like they my parents they 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 put their house on the line for for to have a business for me and then I just go and mess that all up and everything that's sacrificed for me I've just realized like how much it is that they've done for me why they're being why they're gambling throughout their lives and like it's just realized how much how hard it is for them to actually keep it up and still to this day they. They still look after me. They still treat me as a child, even though I'm a grown man. But that's a different story. But it's, I think that's the way they always look at me. But it's just, yeah, I used to really resent them for that, like for just how my life turned out to be. But it's really, it is all me. It's all me that I made these choices that when I gambled and it was their choice that they made to stop as well. It took me to see it, but I, I used to just treat them so hard. Like I used to, say to my mom terrible yeah really terrible things were and like in the end like when I stopped gambling like it they, they just all they did was just show me love still and yeah because because I couldn't share about that in the zoom meetings because they were home I was home and I was doing it at home I couldn't actually express how I actually really feel about gambling so I would so I went through the live meetings probably the first two live meetings I realized that I can say pretty much anything and no one it all stays in the rooms and then yeah about like two weeks ago I just yeah went to went to a room and I just it was like my first day of the a meeting I couldn't it was hard for me to share I was got it really emotional um I just yeah I just got really emotional and just shared for a lot longer than I normally do and it was just yeah I just I just need to share it out and yeah, it was just, it was really hard because I can't do it at home. And like there, there's a different, yeah, it's good that like Zoom meetings that you can, you can share, but yeah, it was just hard for me to actually express everything and get it all out. But live meetings, it was, yeah, it, it, it helped like when I went back to them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess one of the things that it always comes back to me is about respect, respecting the other person's right to be wrong and particularly their right to live their life their way, you know, make their decisions, live their life their way. And the fact that, you know, they, they don't owe me anything really. And once I got a bit of recovery, I realised that, you know, my father, who was an alcoholic, had an alcoholic parent. His father was an alcoholic. And so he, he not only was the child of an alcoholic, but he was an alcoholic himself. And, you know, that's, that's a real burden to anybody and to, to realise that he was basically using alcohol to get himself through life. And, you know, for me to be saying it's not good enough really was, you know, very disrespectful of, of him. You know, he'd done amazing things, but he just wasn't good enough for me. And I think that was part of my uh, awakening in the fact that I expected other people to do for me what I could do for myself. And I think that's where recovery helps helps us get on with other people a lot better just to let them be themselves and to me I can let other people be themselves 
if I've got a life myself. I'm not focusing on them and their shortcomings. I'm looking at my life and, you know, having a life. Yeah. So how's it helped you, you know, being GA to, to deal with difficult relationships like, like with your parents? Oh, difficult relationships. I, my parents was the toughest one, but I was seeing someone through, yeah, through COVID, but I don't know, it went, uh, yeah, it went, it didn't go, it didn't end well. Once I told her I was an impulsive gambler, I don't know, she felt a bit weird about it. And then, then she started making fun of it, which I didn't really, I wasn't impressed by it or wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a joke because it was a serious topic with me. <laughs> and yeah, it didn't end so well. But I remember like I spoke to a member pretty much off after when that happened. I didn't really want to speak to her again. And he was telling me, yeah, like I really should just focus on myself focus really focus on myself like for a good year or two <laughs> like and I think he's right because um just I don't know little things trigger me I don't know they they just make me get get really frustrated and get anxieties kick in oh it's just but yeah I should I'm really I know better now to just focus on myself until until I'm ready not for it to just for me to go search for it or anything i'll just I, I just all in good time but yeah i'm just gonna wait a little bit like yeah yeah i think it's about emotional maturity that being in a situation where there are people who are addicted to something around you that you really stop growing up and you you tend to use different skills it's more survival skills than than social skills and I was emotionally immature, you know, by the time I reached my mid-20s. And that the programs of recovery have helped me to understand that it's my responsibility, not other people's responsibility. Yeah. My, my happiness is my responsibility. And I can't keep on you know, expecting other people to make me happy and do things for me. Yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, getting over... A relationship is difficult so do, do those sort of things push you back towards gambling yeah I just had to talk to my high power and say the prayer like just to realize the difference of what's right and wrong on what move I should make but yeah it was a little bit had it like I had an urge to do it but oh thank god for GA I just caught another member who who I always talk to and yeah, they just kind of set me straight on how I, that I shouldn't, I shouldn't get involved with women at the moment. Just, just because I'm in recovery. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I spoke to a guy um, in England and he, he said he quit his job. He was an alcoholic and he quit his job because he wanted to recover from alcoholism. And and his friends were going, well, what what are you doing? And he said, but if I don't recover, then I won't have any life. You know, it's it's this issue that recovery's got to be first and central. Otherwise, you know, it's got to be my first priority because otherwise it'll become my second priority and I, you know, I'll forget about it. So it really is important that it's it is the priority. So what what sort of things are you doing now? What sort of things are you doing differently? Oh, I'm um, picked up new hobbies. Um, I got it. I got myself a new a new car <laughs> yeah so i'm working on that just just mucking around trying to learn because it's a diesel car so i'm just 
figuring out everything about diesel. So it's interesting. I like to get involved in just yeah, engines, technology, and picked up uh, playing guitar, just hobbies, hobbies and renovating. And so what is it, what is it about the guitar that you like? Oh, it's getting in the zone of, it's like meditation. It just really takes me away. Yeah, until someone disturbs me or I've just had enough. But yeah, it takes me away. It takes me away from everything pretty much. Like even though I'm, I don't think I'm the best, <laughs> but I just, it just gets my mind thinking about something else than trying to figure something out with my mind than just dwelling on things. Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess it's concentration. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And things like, you know, if you're stuck at home, having something to do at home. So how's, you know, talking about the renovation, how's that affected, you know, the way you live in the house? Has it been a big disruption? Or? Yes, it has because um, like, cause I've been doing the floors. So I've completed the floors in December and probably from July till December it's been a mess the house has been a mess like it's like I'm hoarding again but not like yeah it's just a lot a lot of things are everywhere still right now like we're throwing away so much stuff and it's just yeah there's things missing in places like we don't even have a couch yet but we're, we're working on that but yeah everything's just still everywhere but like bit by yeah day by day everything it, it seems a lot better just by working on it like yeah yeah so do you have any plans for 2021? 2021? Yeah. Me and my parents, we've gotten into growing plants, just a veggie garden pretty much. So I'm going to start getting into more of that. Always wanted to get into bonsais and just, yeah, just growing. I know nature, something about it. It's just like, it just makes you, I don't know, just, it feels good when you see something growing. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't have any kids, so I guess I'll just stick to the plants for now. But yeah, my parents and me we're we're getting into that. So I'm thinking of just getting a greenhouse, like a big one, so we can just grow throughout the winter. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Well, I think that's probably about it. So if um, if there's anybody out there who'd like to find out more about Gamblers Anonymous, uh, you can phone them in Victoria on 03 9696 6108. Or you can go online at gaaustralia.org.au for more information about meetings or phone contacts throughout Australia. So this is about all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank Ram for sharing his gambling and recovery story with us and sharing how Gamblers Anonymous has helped him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. I hope you're about to join us again next week when we'll feature Lisa, who's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. And to take us out, we've got Hayley Marsden singing Wendy, a song about her mum. He called me on a Wednesday Not the greatest love affair But it was enough I'll see you next Tuesday And I waited by the phone But he never came back again My mama taught me what my heart was for And I wasn't brought up to cry on the
Living free. 